Welcome to Globally Minded Medicine, a podcast of quick reviews and helpful tips on medical topics, cultures, customs, and sustainable practices that are applicable at home and abroad. The opinions expressed are our own and do not represent those of our schools or our employers and are not meant for medical advice. It's just a little education and global exploration. Hello and welcome to Globally Minded Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Mark, and joining me today is student Dr. Michael Johnson to talk about medical interpretation. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Dr. Wardle. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate this opportunity. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart today, and I'm excited to dive in. Wonderful. Well, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your personal experience with medical interpretation? Sure. I grew up speaking English, (laughs) and I served an ecclesiastical mission and learned Spanish while I was living in Colombia. Muy bien. (laughs) Yes. After the two-year time period that I lived there, I got into volunteering as a medical interpreter. I wanted to take it a step further, and I ended up getting my license uh, as a Bridging the Gap medical interpreter, after which I worked as a contractor for a couple of different clinics and hospitals. And then I ended up working full-time, and I spent a lot of time at some of the most, excuse me, some of the larger hospitals in Utah, including the University of Utah and IMED in Murray, both of which are large volume and have lots of beds. So I did get thousands of hours of medical interpreting experience, and it was a really fun time in my life. I I loved interpreting and getting to know people and helping improve communication between non-English speaking patients and their medical providers. Great. It sounds like you've had a lot of experience with being an interpreter. I imagine with some of the volunteering that you've done, I know you've gone back to Columbia a few different times. You've probably worked with other interpreters as well, maybe with um, people that are speaking um, other languages other than Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. I had lots of experience working with uh, Swahili interpreters, French, Russian, Chinese, Japanese. Yeah, lots, lots of different languages. It was, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, having that cultural awareness, I think, is really important in healthcare. And I'm hoping to continue that throughout my career. Well, that's great. So having been an interpreter and also um, experiencing or working with lots of interpreters from various languages and cultures, what would be the reason why you feel talking about medical interpretation is important? In other societies, frequently multiple languages are spoken, and it's perhaps a little more normal to interact with interpreters. But me, for example, I hadn't had any experience with interpreters until I became one. (laughs) So I'm sure there are many others like me who have never had to interact with an interpreter before. But if you can imagine, you know, our healthcare system here is convoluted and can be quite difficult to navigate. But think of trying to navigate a difficult convoluted healthcare system, but in a completely different language. I mean, the complications are exponential at that point. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I know most of us, if we've done any kind of traveling, find 
it a struggle to order our food in another language when the menu's right there and you're pointing and things like that imagine doing that um with the complexities of your health and so yeah certainly is a critical aspect so what are some of the purposes or roles of interpreters so i'm going to uh, just provide a quick quote here the purpose of an interpreter is to quote facilitate understanding and communication between people who are speaking different languages facilitation implies that the interpreter is active rather than passive understanding implies that the interpreter's goal is not to simply repeat words but to ensure that the message was understood and that comes from bridging the gap the 2017 version and you know Understanding and comprehension is just so important, especially in, in medicine. These are human lives we're talking about, and the effects and ramifications of medical decisions can be generational and immense. The role of an interpreter, like you asked, is right. fourfold. They are a conduit, a clarifier, a cultural broker, and an advocate. And each role becomes more invasive and more centered around the interpreter in that order, with conduit being very transparent, very fly on the wall, and advocate being very invasive and very present, making the interpreter the center of the conversation. And one of the main purposes of advocacy is to improve equity and outcomes for language discordant patients. Right. I mean, there are several outcomes that are, are worse in patients that don't speak the same language as the healthcare system that they are uh, involved in, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of those uh, um, outcomes? Sure. Decreased medical services, increased frequency of chronic diseases, worse outcomes and uh, poor, poor prognosis uh, post-treatment or pretreatment, they can have decreased trust and satisfaction. They'll often have more miscommunications and errors, and they can also have worse financial outcomes. In fact, there was a situation I was involved in for this particular medical system. It was their policy to offer self-paying patients a 10% discount. And this option wasn't necessarily available to everyone. You had to know to ask about it. You know, you have to know about it beforehand, but if you don't speak English, there's no way you could. So, um, yeah, that's was, challenging. Exactly. It could be very challenging. And so this, uh, this 10% discount was frequently overlooked with patients. And I occasionally would step in and, and say, Hey, you need to offer this to, to this patient because they don't know about it. And a lot of people will ask, you know, can there be any discount or this and that? But um, when you are working in a different language, it's just harder. Every communication takes longer. And, and so everybody simplifies it. Yes. And so you end up not asking those additional questions, not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, holding back, basically you end up holding back things that you would have asked just because it's so inconvenient to ask it. Right. Sure. Yeah. But these get better, right? 
Um, yes. If you're using proper interpretation and it's a good interpretation, these should improve. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, simultaneously with the improvement of these, these outcomes, uh, it's also important for the interpreter to advocate, but not advocate too much. There's a fine line. Uh, there are circumstances where an interpreter could self-appoint themselves as a social worker or a therapist. And so it's a little bit of a nuance. Yeah. No, I mean, I've definitely worked with interpreters on both sides of that spectrum. Some where you're, you know, pulling teeth to get them to just say what you just said. <laughs> and other ones who you're trying to rein them in because they're having their own visit and right. leaving you out of the equation completely, you know? Um, and so it def there is definitely this um, dynamic that exists between the patient, the interpreter and the healthcare provider that isn't always optimal. And so hopefully we'll, we'll talk about those a little bit, but it is nice to know that these things that we've just mentioned, the fact that language discordant patients have more, illness, worse illness, um, poorly controlled illness, more financial concerns, less trust. Um, when you talk about satisfaction, I've um, read studies where not only the patients are less satisfied, but the providers are less satisfied with that type of care. And all of these things get better with interpretation. And whether it's Google interpretation <laughs> like Google Translate, mm -hmm. I, I, that's not optimal, but um, I've had colleagues and have used it myself where that is the best thing that's available at the time Correct. and it allows better communication to happen. And then, of course, you have various types of uh, interpreters out there, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe, Michael, you can talk about what the um, optimal interpreter situation might be optimally it should be in person because like i mentioned before an interpreter's role is not always to just convey the message it is it is rather to be a cultural broker an advocate a clarifier and a conduit so the interpreter that is present will be able to pick up on some of the finer points of communication and those, those finer points of, of communication are, are huge. Definitely those nonverbal cues, right? Yes, um, those nonverbal cues, exactly. And, you know, as providers, we're taught that we should be looking at the patient, uh, not necessarily the interpreter, right? Um, mm -hmm. We're looking at the patient. We're trying to assess those verbal and nonverbal cues even though we may not understand the language, but we're trying to get those tone, mimicking those um, as the interpreter can really help us as the provider as well to um, understand what's really trying to be conveyed, the way that it's trying to be, to be done. But we all know that even though we're supposed to always look at each other for that doctor-patient relationship, we all look sure. at the interpreter. Right. So again, <laughs> the more you can mimic kind of what the tone and the um, feelings, the emotions, um, that underlying context, uh, you know, it, it helps with sure. that communication, right? And, and you mentioning the idea that 
frequently the the healthcare workers, the interpreter included, will will make eye contact and kind of talk to each other and return to each other is is interesting because we're we're also taught to kind of look down and not at the provider or the patient. You know, you're supposed to stand at a 90 degree angle to the patient and in a triangle between the patient and the provider. And these are these are also nuances that are that are taught in the interpreter training that other laypersons or other uh, bilingual professionals may not understand or know about. If a patient makes eye contact with the interpreter, they often have it's kind of like a nonverbal green light to continue talking. <laughs> If you know they. And and they can talk. I mean, believe me, they'll they'll go on and on if you don't if if you continue to make eye contact with them. <laughs> I've been there, and sometimes it can be a little awkward to have to cut them off. But sometimes that is that is also necessary as the interpreter to say, "Hey, I can't remember everything you just said. Please give me a moment to <laughs> to be able to interpret, or at the very least, summarize what you just said." Yeah, uh, I know as a as a provider again. Um, Myself and teaching others on working with interpreters, I always like to start off the encounter saying, "Hey, this is my interpreter, mm -hmm. part of the team. I'm going to talk to you directly. They'll interpret, and I'm going to try to keep my sentences short. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? Yes. Two or three sentences, something you know, quick breaks, so that it doesn't get lost. So the poor interpreter doesn't have to remember everything that I just said it and." and um, And then I invite the patient to do the same, to keep their answers brief. And if it's a longer answer, to break it up. Um, but yeah, exactly. Setting and, and those that, expectations at the beginning, right? Exactly. And that's, that's an important part as well. If you are a provider, it is important to have those pre-bedside conversations with your interpreter to set roles and expectations for the interpreter and to catch them up on what the situation may be, especially if it's a sensitive situation. Uh, say palliative care discussions. So it is important, like I like I said before, to set those expectations beforehand with the interpreter. Now there are other types of interpreters that sometimes we're tempted. Like you said, in person is so great. Not always available. I am so grateful that mm -hmm. we do have the iPad option sometimes, where right. we can get interpreters in the moment for uh, those patients that we didn't anticipate showing up in clinic and. Um, Getting a, a live person would would delay the care, but um, there are other types of interpreters as well. So um, I've been this type of interpreter. It sounds like you've been as well, where you're just this ad hoc bilingual available person, right? Yeah. Um, maybe your MA, the front desk, uh, somebody in the office or at the clinic happens to speak the language and they right. step in. And we're so grateful for them, of course, but it's, it has some disadvantages. They may not understand the nuances that you've been talking about of the right way to interpret for these medical situations. Um, and often you're pulling them away from other duties that they should yeah. be doing. And mm -hmm. they're now on pause so that they can help you out. And so certainly a better option would be someone who's trained, who's that, that's their purpose. Um, patients may also not know what their role is later. Um, they'll think they're the interpreter and, and they're like, why is this person doing this other thing now? 
right. so it can be confusing for patients as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other type of interpreter that one that we see a lot as medical providers um, is the friend or relative or neighbor that happens to show up with the patient. Right. Right. Um, and these are sometimes we're like, oh, how convenient. They're right there. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and we're like, oh, this is such a blessing. I don't have to go get my interpreter or turn on the iPad or whatever. Um, and I would discourage any of our um, healthcare providers listening to the, to the podcast from using those friends or relatives, um, except as like your last resort kind mm-hmm. of situation. Um, again, they're right there, super convenient, right? But they don't tend to be very objective. They may not interpret accurately. Um, certainly there are confidentiality issues and potentially mm-hmm. patient comfort level issues, mm-hmm. right? You have a mom who needs to talk about certain um, private issues and their 12 year old daughter is or son right is interpreting yes, for exactly. them it can get um, kind of iffy there on whether or not they want to say what they really want to say um, exactly. so those are, are some big issues there also can be ulterior motives right mm-hmm. um, you have a spouse who doesn't want to say what the patient just said and so they'll change that or you have um, potential issues with abuse or exactly. upset partners that are potentially are, are purposely or intentionally changing what they're trying to say. Um, hopefully that, of course, doesn't happen very often, but um, it certainly can. It certainly mm-hmm. is a real issue that, that happens. And so anytime you can avoid that situation, you're going to do yourself and your patient um, a great service by by taking that out of the out of the scenario out of the equation right exactly that's exactly right and these are all excellent reasons to have a professionally trained interpreter they bring a air, an air of professionalism to the scenario and they also are going to be very reliable and hopefully accurate uh, I, I <laughs> I say hopefully because there are certain, you know, if you're using an in-person interpreter, they're going to make mistakes. And I know I've had my fair share of mistakes, but they're going to know how to work around the nuances of of medical interpreting and sticky situations like abuse, like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, um, what other tips do you have for us, Michael, on working well with interpreters? Because again, you may not get what you want. You may not get somebody who's wonderfully trained and spontaneously just does it perfect. What are some tips that that uh, we should know as medical providers to, to make sure that every interpretation scenario is as good as possible? Yep. So you definitely want your interpreter to be culturally competent in the culture and the language that they're interpreting to and from. They They need to understand perhaps some uh, gender roles, tribal conflicts, political interests, and things of that nature so that they can know what to avoid and what not to avoid with their patients. Uh, it's, it's important to understand common cultural practices to be able to give context to the medical provider. And if possible, also to understand jargon, colloquial language, slang, I guess you could say, Although that's not always the case, and sometimes it's it's simply impossible to 
know all of the dialects of of a specific language um oh absolutely i have trouble understanding the dialect of my children sometimes they <laughs> right. come home with words i've never heard before and i'm like what are you even saying mm -hmm. so, <laughs> um, it is nice when the interpreter is familiar with those so when your patient says that they mm -hmm. they know what it means um, but i know as medical providers we definitely want to try to avoid using those jargons or, or slang terms out mm -hmm. There can be cultural nuances that we just don't quite get and what might be completely appropriate to say to a certain person of a certain gender or age in that language might be completely inappropriate to say to a different person of a different age or a different uh, gender. And so it's exactly. just very difficult. So, you know, definitely avoid slang, but even the, the rough medical jargon that's out there, you know, mm -hmm. the more simple and straightforward you can make it, the the more likely proper communication will will happen. That's true if you're speaking English to English yes, or anywhere, right? Exactly. So keeping your register at, an, at a comprehensible level is really important. Many of the patients that I interpreted for had relatively uh, lower levels of education and literacy than um, what we find in the medical field. And it was, it was a very, it was very typical for me to need to either intervene and address the doctor directly and say, listen, uh, perhaps you need to explain this in a more compre at a more comprehensible level, or for me to act as a clarifier and simply lower the register myself, uh, use using synonyms, and other words that were more applicable to the person at hand, the patient at hand. And uh, there were multiple people that I interpreted for that were completely illiterate. They, they didn't have the ability to read. They had never learned during uh, their formative years. And that can be a little bit embarrassing for them, but it also is a significant reduction in their vocabulary. And maintaining a vocabulary that is understandable for those kinds those kinds of situations is is important for the provider and for the interpreter so uh, for those providers listening it is important to make sure your your patients are understanding and to check in make sure that your patients are understanding by asking questions feedback did you understand are we on the same page are we you know, could you repeat back to me what you understand? And I know these questions add time to your visit, but it is imperative for their long-term care. Yeah, that's such an important point. Um, it, it does take longer um, when you're using interpreter, but you need to take that extra time. Clarify understanding for sure. Um, I like to make sure to re-emphasize confidentiality just because you have more people in the room, sure. more people involved in the care. I think that's important as well. Um, and I think we mentioned it earlier already, but making sure that the patient knows and that your interpreter knows that the interpreter is a valued part of the team. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much, Michael, for um, taking the time to come talk to us about the importance of medical interpretation, but also some tips and tricks that we can do to improve it. And just for being here and sharing this information. Thank you so much. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Wordle.
Um, do you have any uh, final words or uh, something to wrap up with? I just, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. This is a topic that I love, like I mentioned earlier. And I hope that uh, as you help provide excellent patient care, you include interpreters in your practice and in your priorities for your healthcare team. Thanks again. All right. Wonderful. Well, as you know, we like to close out with a poem, so I'll go ahead and start it off. So if using quality interpretation is just how you groove, helping health equity and patient outcomes to both improve. You might be globally minded. Perfect. Stay globally minded, my friends. <laughs>